This is the TJ Show podcast. Kenny, why did you do this? What do you mean? Why what did, did you, you do? Why did you do this? <laughs> I, I feel, see, this is where it's hard for me to know what the right thing to do is. Because oh, I know. Kenny, what'd you do? This is going to be horrible audio that you're about to hear. And oh. that's that's good. You know, that's what the radio is all about, right? You want to. <laughs> Not horrible in quality. You <laughs> no. mean like. So. Producer Kenny, you may have heard him yesterday, he shared how he bought a season pass for an amusement park for his girlfriend. And she had recently made a very wonderful invitation to say, hey, would you like to be on my Netflix account? Yes. And he said, well, you know, this was just to us, since I bought the amusement park pass for her, which he did as a gift, by the way. Right. Maybe she doesn't have to charge me for the Netflix. Mm-hmm, he did say that. And it's like, dude, can you see like what's going on here? She's offering you this amazing invitation to be closer to her, to really start interweaving into the fabric of her life. This is not the time for a negotiation. Yeah, it's not tick for tat. Mm-mm. So we have that conversation. And I think, oh, okay, Kenny's going to do the right thing. He's going to go home and not even mention it, right? Right. Not only does he mention it, he records it so we can hear the conversation oh my gosh, with his girlfriend. Kenny. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? Oh, my goodness. Again, I'm not trying to do a tit-for-tat <laughs> thing. It's just... No, but it, I'm it, saying, stop. I'm the person who wants to hear great audio all the time, right? That's what we're doing. We're doing a radio show. And at a certain point, if you like the relationship you're in, you got to just let some things go. But since you did the interview, we might as well listen to it now. I mean, play it at least. I want to hear what she had to say. I mean, how uncomfortable is this? Hello, my pumpkin pasty. (laughs) See what I... (laughs) Gosh, I'm a vomit. I don't even need to hear her Mm. talk. And just that is enough. Hi, Kenny. Didn't we have so much fun at Six Flags this weekend? Yeah, we had a great time. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I bought you a season pass. I'm so happy you did too. Thank you. Now we have that together. Yeah, we're pass holders together. Exactly. Yeah. We have this joint thing and now we're... Do you ever talk in a normal voice to her? I know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're right next to each other. I don't need to speak very loud. You know, I can You can speak in a normal voice and not speak loud. Committed. Yeah. For a season of Six Flags together. 2024 season. Here we come. That's a long time. I love it. It's a big step. Mm-hmm. Remember how we were talking about maybe getting a joint Netflix account? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, since I paid for the season pass. I think Kenny needs to think less. <laughs> oh, my god. We need Kenny to do less thinking. If you were to add me to your Netflix for the $7.99 a month, you know, it's almost like a, a wash. Yeah. So, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's some boy math there. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you want to do that, or...? <laughs> sure. I will pay for a Netflix account for you, absolutely. Oh, you know, can no. I just translate that laugh? She said, sure. Can I just translate that laugh? Hold on. <laughs> sure. That is, you blew it. Yeah. You blow it. Yeah. She's definitely thinking like, well, wow, are you kidding me right now? That's a swing and a miss. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. It like works out because like I paid for the mm-hmm. pass. Mm-hmm. Mm. No ulterior motive there, I see. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> hmm. You're so cute. <laughs> oh. No ulterior oh. motive there? She called you out, man. Okay, Jabo, give a grade. F, you uh, failed. Camera guy, Josh, give a grade. F. Yep. TJ, give a grade. I, I have an extra letter to add on to that. No, it's just <laughs> just an F. Kenny, come on, man. Yeah, it really is this easy 
to be a part of our show. I know I keep giving you the phone number, 302-303-1151. But then there's also this cool little feature that we all have in our Instagram account, the audio DM feature. You've seen that. Oh, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. If you've ever been in someone's DMs, and there's that little microphone next to the message. You can record your thoughts about what's happening on the show. And then next thing you know, it's right here, just like Ashley did. This is so cool that Ashley wanted to join in after she heard your conversation, camera guy, Josh. Yep. You were talking about how some other parent in your life was comparing their kid to your kid. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, one of the ugly truths of what happens behind the scenes of parenting. You're not alone, Josh. Hi, guys. Ashley here. I just wanted to give my thoughts and an example on comparing children's milestones. I am a proud mom of three. And the example that comes most vivid in my memory that I have that I would like to share is when my middle child had turned one, she was not walking yet. I remember I had a friend who had compared their child who had started walking before they were one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Their kid's an athlete. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Running marathons. Gets out of that crib and then ready for the day. You know, saying how my daughter should already be walking and I might want to go talk to the doctor. And See, that's the worst. Come on now. Come on. Just give him a couple extra weeks to get his kick right. Seriously, his kick right? Right. Yeah. Who's in a rush? Yeah, she's thriving and great and she's going to be turning seven here in a few weeks. So I think, you know, as parents, we are already hard on ourselves. There's a lot of comparison that goes on in this world. So... At the end of the day, you guys were talking about parenting yesterday. We just need to give ourselves grace and compassion because we're all just trying to get through. There's comparison with everything. And it's like, how do we actively go against that and go against what we... Because I could totally fall into the trap of comparison, usually not with kids. I'm not watching other people's kids. I'm just happy my kids are doing fine. Um, But when it comes to jobs, when it comes to friends, when it comes to money... Lifestyle. Comparison is like a vacuum of the soul. I mean, there's no, what good comes out of comparison other than maybe sometimes inspiration where you go, oh, cool, I admire that. How do I get some of that? Well, yeah. let's start figuring it out. Comparison can be a thief of joy, you totally. know, because you're constantly looking at what other people have and you don't realize the good things that you have in your life. <laughs> but thank you guys for what you're doing. I enjoy your show so much. So thank you. There you go. Well, thank you, Josh, for complaining about your friend. Yep, no problem. <laughs> Anytime. That's what struck up this conversation. You know what's so crazy about comparison is that while you're spending your time looking at somebody else's life and comparing your life to theirs, someone else is looking at your life and comparing their life to yours. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And all that energy we're spending on comparing, well, why don't we uh, just start working on what we want to get done. Yeah, start applying it. We think about all that energy. Again, it's the vacuum. It's like the energy goes into the vacuum. Our happiness goes into the vacuum. Our joy, it's just a... Do I want to just complain? <laughs> you don't want to complain anymore. No, because now, now I'm turning into a complainer. That's another problem. <laughs> yes. That's another thing that's going to come up. You can't stop complaining about how I'm comparing myself to this person. Yeah, I almost got out of radio because comparison. Because I heard other shows and I was like, yeah. Who needs this anymore? Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, I was talking to my wife, who was really smart, and she told me this interesting story. One of the Beach Boys went into a deep depression because he said he'll never be the Beatles. Mm. And at some point, he's able to get himself out of that. But he eventually went on to create what are the Beach Boys, which are amazing. Yeah, and are. one of the most iconic bands. And they're different, and they offer different things than mm-hmm. the Beatles. Not everyone should be or can be the Beatles. 
You guys know I'm a huge fan of Steve Martin. Yes, you are. I'm very inspired by his story. I'm such a big fan that I have a big picture of Steve Martin in my living room. It's been there yeah, for years. And the reason why I put that picture up is because I'm inspired by the way that he handles himself. First of all, he's a very down-to-earth person. He cares about excellence. He has his hands in a lot of different art forms, which is super cool. And I will also say, if you're someone who has a dream and you feel like it's too late in life to accomplish that dream, read Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up. Steve, who also works with Martin Short, was on a podcast called Bedside Matters. It's hosted by a doctor named Dr. David Kipper. He's a Beverly Hills internist. He serves some of the biggest names in Hollywood. And in this podcast, he sat down with Martin Short and Steve Martin, and they were talking about what it's like working together. Does uh, the fact that they're friends cause any sort of tension between the two of them? Is there a tension that comes from working with a good friend? Because there's a different level when you're on stage and you're performing. And there could be disagreements about how you work. Honestly, there, uh, unless Marty is har- harboring a dark secret, I don't, I don't think there's any tension at all ever no, between us. No, there isn't. I think no. there isn't because there is a belief in our hearts that even if we did overstep a line, it wasn't intentional. Isn't that so nice when there can be yeah, grace, grace there? Yeah, it's good when, friendship. Yeah, and when you can trust someone enough to know that, yeah, even if you say something that's kind of like, oh, what did you mean by that? You can talk it out. I think it's in any profession, anybody who wants to do well has a lot of work in front of them. And um, it just doesn't come easy. You have to work at it. The, the doctor profession, uh, audio profession, podcast, you have to work at it. I think he's the perfect example of that. He's done so many things so well, and all of it has required a tremendous amount of work. Any dream is going to be hard. Yes. It never just falls in our laps. Well, if you watch any of Steve Martin's uh, comedy clips, he pours his entire self into it from using instruments and like using his body. Like he's just, he goes all in. He's a master of his craft, and yep. it's hard work to get there. First time I met Steve. Now Dr. Kipper shares about the first time he met Steve and what Steve did to him. I've heard this story before. It's funny to hear it through his eyes. First time I met Steve, you handed me a card, a business card that said this was an actual, you actually had a run-in with Steve Martin. This verifies that you had a run-in with Steve Martin. <laughs> well, that was 100 years ago. That one Yeah, was. What, but it, I thought it was really fun. You were so eager to hand me the card <laughs> to say, here, take one of these. That's so cool. When you used to meet Steve Martin back in the day, he would hand you a card recognizing that this actually happened. That's the blue check mark before Twitter and uh, Instagram <laughs> yes, jumped yeah. on it. Exactly. And I still, I still. Well, I figured, oh. I said, people, when they come up to you, Maybe ask for an autograph. That's not what they really want. What they really want is to say, what was he like? And, you know, you can't possibly be like anything in the 30 seconds that you encounter somebody. So I just made a card that said, you met me and you found me very funny. (laughs) (laughs) And Martin Short shared this story. Marty also has Rain Man memory. He, He can remember dates, times, places from 35 years ago. It was rainy that day, he'll say. Yeah. Well, I used to think I had H-SAM, which is that H-SAM is that ability to remember everything you ate, wore, did throughout your entire life. That's impressive. I used to think I had it, but, but then Mary Lou Henner has it. I was just going to say. I was telling someone once that I had, I thought I had H-SAM. I said, just like Mary Lou, and I couldn't remember <laughs> Henner. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. If you want to hear more of that interview, it's on the podcast called Bedside Matters with Dr. David Kipper. I enjoyed the interview. Sorry, guys, I had to step out for that emergency phone call a few moments ago. Everything okay? 
Well, it depends who you ask. <laughs> I had an emergency call from my eight-year-old daughter who left me a friendship bracelet on the kitchen counter this morning. Oh, that's sweet. And apparently I left the house without grabbing it. And, oh, Dada, so, you're in trouble. Yeah, I saw it. I thought it was cute. And I, you know, I left for for my job and I, right. I just forgot to affix the little beaded bracelet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry about it. Like, yes, do I feel bad that I forgot? What does the bracelet say? Uh, my name. Oh. And so I just, uh, I don't know what to do. So my, my phone's ringing off the hook and I think something's really wrong. And apparently there is something really wrong. Dad, dad forgot to take his friendship bracelet. And so I talked to my daughter and she's like, you know what, dad, dad? I make friendship bracelets for people all the time and no one ever wears them. And I'm like, man, you never know what the next surprise is that a kid is going to be upset about. Mm -hmm. I could have never foreseen that being an issue. I know she makes friendship bracelets all the time and I see that she gives them to her friends. I just assume they would wear them, but apparently they don't. You can see where she's frustrated with that. Right. And so now she makes it for her dada and I'm not wearing it. But it's not like it's intentional. Now, is the friendship bracelet my style? I don't know. I'm going to say it's not your style, but well, you have a daughter, so it might become your style. Well, how do you know? You know, you see every once in a while these dads who are wearing their friendship bracelets, they've got it figured out. I just, I thought, oh, I'll get to that later. But that was the wrong move. So I'm trying to tell Charlie, oh, I really love that you made this for me. I know you put a lot of work into it. And she said, and by the way, I used the last string that I had for your friendship bracelet. She's laying it on thick. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's I, th- I don't think it's string. I think it's fishing line. You know, like they make the clear. Doesn't matter, TJ. And then you put the beads on it. Gosh. And and I'm also just like kind of annoyed by, and I wouldn't say this to my daughter, but I'm annoyed by these friendship bracelet, or I guess they call them like jewelry kits that you order yes. off of Amazon. Some family member always makes a decision for our household to send a jewelry kit to our house. And then, what do you know, there's about 8,000 beads everywhere you go. So you sit on the couch, you see beads. You're walking on the floor, your pinky toe catches a bead and it hurts. You got beads on the carpet, you're vacuuming, you hear... Beads. Beads. (laughs) There's never-ending beads. But I guess these little kids don't put enough bracelet wire or fishing line in these things. So she's all frustrated, and I said, Charlie, I'm going to wear this bracelet, all right? I'm excited to wear it. So tomorrow, you might see me sporting some new jewelry. You better come in with it on. They call it bling, Jabo. They do call it bling, yes. I'm going to make sure that I wear it because I don't want to be... A dad. I mean, should I be a person who really cares about fashion? Take a good look at me. That's what I was saying. When I said earlier, I don't think it's your style. It's because I see your style, my friend. <laughs> yes. And I don't think friendship it's, bracelets is your style. Well, it's uh, it's not that cool. Right, j It's in just... Case, in case anyone's listening. It gets listening. you by. Yeah. Right. It gets yeah, you no. by. It's going to make me cooler to be able to wear this bracelet. So, Only because your daughter made it. I'm trying to think of like what's going to be next. I keep trying to guess what's the next thing that's going to be upsetting to my kids. And I, I can never guess right. Like It's always the weirdest stuff. Oh, I don't have Kitty to sleep with tonight. And I'm like, guys, what are you talking about? We don't have a cat. And I come to find out that my daughter, Willa, has adopted a cat, but it's this tiny little stuffed animal cat that she Aww. found. And now all of a sudden, she slept fine her whole life. Now she can't sleep without Kitty next to her. And it's like... <laughs> I don't know where Kitty is. It turns out Kitty was left in the car. So I had to go find Kitty the other night. I went on a search and rescue mission while you were peacefully sleeping, Jabo. Oh, well, I don't have kids. I was rescuing Kitty. This is the TJ Show. (laughs) 
This is the TJ Show. A few moments ago, I was sharing a story about how my daughter made me a friendship bracelet for me to take to work, which I thought was the cutest yeah, thing. Sweet. And I, I'm just going to call my wife real quick because something just came up that I thought was very sweet. Thank you, Kenny. Here we go. Let me get her on the phone. She's in the car with all the kids, by the way. Hello? Hey, Jess. Hello? Jess, whenever I call my wife Hello? on Bluetooth... It takes oh about seven seconds for her phone to connect. It's the only phone that does that in our family. Can she not hear us? Hello? She, somebody dropped applesauce yeah, on her I phone, can, I can I guarantee can. you. Oh, you there? Yeah, you know what? This is not the morning, honey. You no, know, no, hold on. I know. Sorry. I just Wait, Jess, Jess, hold on. Yes? Charlie, are you there? Yes. So I just shared that you were a little bit upset that you made me a friendship bracelet and I didn't take it to work today and you said... It was the the last amount of string you had. And I want you to know, I do love that you made me a friendship bracelet. And I'm a big fan of that. But while I was saying that story, yeah. Kenny made an offer. Charlie, if you don't want to, it's totally fine. But if you made me a friendship bracelet, I would most definitely wear it. Um, uh, if I get more string, I can, I guess. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess. Kenny... Do you have an arts and crafts supplier? I know you have a supplier for something else, which we're not going to talk about right now, but do you have an arts and crafts supplier where you can get some string? I'll, I'll talk to my girlfriend. I'm sure she knows a guy that might be able to hook us up with that. So, Charlie, Kenny's waiting for it. If you want to make one, he'll definitely wear it. No pressure. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know, this is how some of the biggest jewelry business moguls have started, right? Nobody <laughs> wanted to wear their friendship bracelet. Next thing you know, they're putting gold and silver and platinum bracelets together and everyone wants to wear their stuff. Isn't that the story of Tiffany? Sure. Okay, bye. Bye. Now, can I talk to Mama again? Yeah. Hey, you have Je- more comments about my phone that somehow you're making it a moral equivalency that my phone doesn't hook up all the way right away or whatever? I know. It, apparently, it's it been a tough day. Um, yeah. I just, all I was saying, Jess, is that I don't understand why everyone else's phone in the family connects to Bluetooth right away, and yours always takes like seven seconds where it's you silence. You should have taken the out. No, I know. I just don't understand it. I'm, Walk I'm away. Not even a, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying I don't understand why it does that. I, I don't, you know, I also don't care even. No, I, I know. Don't I care. It doesn't affect you. You know, I have to say hello five times. And that's, and that's okay, Jess. You don't have to care. You're the one that's using the phone, so it does affect you. Yeah. And TJ's just being a silly radio no, no, host just, right now no, for no reason. I'm not being a silly radio host. I'm just, this is a point of contention. We don't have a lot of them in our marriage. But this one, you know, th- now I'm not going to blame anything, but it also happens that Jess allows the kids to hold her phone. Right. I don't. But she's the main caretaker, and sometimes the kids can act a little nutty in public and they need the phone to keep them distracted. Did you just call my kids nutty in front no. of my kids? Yes, I did. I'm sorry, girls, that she said that. I- yeah, we've talked about this. You have the privilege of not having the kids use your phone because you don't go to the dentist's office with all three kids in the room screaming because there's mm. only two chairs and there's three kids. Hey, by the and way... so you hand over your phone. You, you know I love you and we, we I, I'm completely on your side. I will, uh, I'll catch up with you later on, Okay. Hello? <laughs> she she let you go a long time ago. Hello? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to disconnect for you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Now, the reason why I had to disconnect for her is because she can't do it on her phone. Because she's driving? Well, she's driving and also, like, you know, it's complicated. There's, like, a button that she... Listen, I'm when not you getting... you get home today, <laughs> my goodness. I am not getting into a fight. I hope you are ready no, for I... what's coming for you. I am not getting into a fight with my wife the day before our 10-year wedding well, anniversary. Well, yeah, you are. This would be called poor planning. I'm not going to do it. You, you like, just gonna... poor planned. No, I'm not going to do it. I was yes. just making conversation. That's it. 
might sound like a weird question that I'm about to ask, but there's a reason for it. All right. You like chips, Jabo? I love chips. Yeah, what about you, Kenny? Of course. Well, hold on. I'm talking about brain chips. Like, you know, like, that are surgically implanted into your skull. Those chips. I mean, if someone needs one in order to function in life, I get it. Do I want one in my brain just because? No. I was talking about, like, tortilla chips or something? Yes! Oh, no, no. Sorry, I should have clarified. The reason I'm bringing this up, I read this headline, and it really freaks me out, but... There's obviously a good side to it, too, and it's very confusing how to feel about this. The headline reads, Thousands of people are reportedly lining up to have a portion of their skull removed and one of Elon Musk's brain chips implanted into their head. Nope. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, uh, I guess his biographer, was being interviewed and said the company Neuralink has not yet implanted its device in a human but aimed to operate on 11 people next year and more than 22,000 by 2030. Why are we doing this? Well, at first, and see, this is the really good part, it could make people who maybe can't move an arm or a leg potentially be able to do that at some point, which is incredible, right? Okay, I understand. But earlier this year, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration gave Neuralink, which Musk co-founded, approval to launch human trials of the device that Musk has described as a Fitbit in your skull. The FDA had previously rejected the bid for human testing over safety concerns. Things like the wires connected to the brain chip could move within a subject's head or the chip could overheat. This doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like something you want to be a part of for the first version. No. Right? Just for like, if it's something that's going to do what, again, listen to this description. The company says it hopes to eventually make a device that will create a sort of symbiosis between humans and machines and will allow people to send messages or play games using only their thoughts. First, uh, of course, again, the company says it hopes to help people with neurological disorders. So it's a really good idea, right? And potentially life-changing for many people. But then the whole part about the Fitbit in the skull, that freaks me out and makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And then I also get kind of excited because if this is possible for humans, is there going to be a day where we're going to be able to see our dog's thoughts and have a conversation with our dog. If it's necessary, the chip, if the chip is necessary to help somebody walk and function and do everyday life, that's awesome. Great. That's science, right. that's advancement. If I need a chip in my brain just to play video games or to send messages or just, I don't even know, for any other crazy reasons, it's not necessary. Well, you could just be stuck with the iPhone 70 at that point. That's fine. And it's going to probably be pretty horrible compared to the in-brain chip that they're offering. Where's the line? Right. More so like, when does it go from being a necessity to just like, this is something fun to implant people's brains? Yeah, I'm looking at Kenny. He's got a weird look in his eye. Would you want this? I don't want to be in the trials, but once (laughs) they figure that out, it's like, it's. I can imagine it like telekinesis, the ability to move things with your mind. Like I could just think, all right, TV, turn on. All right, change the channel, lower the volume without having to use a remote control. I think part of it is pretty cool. Do you know how many thoughts I have? I have ADD. you know how many thoughts I have going around in my head? Yeah, I want to see them on a big screen. It'll be fun. That'll be stressful. That'd be a great segment. Oh, what is Jabo thinking? No, (laughs) that would not be great. What does she think about producer Heather? I would never get that implanted (laughs) implanted in me. Well, listen, it's a work in progress, and we don't have to worry about it right now. So in that case, yeah, who cares? (laughs) Thanks. Jabo. Can you excuse me for a second? Yeah, what is this military music for? Producer Kenny, do you have an update? Have you sealed Jabo's gift yet for tomorrow? It's her birthday. 
Do you have a gift for her? Yes. No, he doesn't. Okay, cool. I do too. No, you guys don't. Yes, I, I do. You something. Hey, you're not supposed to be a part of this conversation. Oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, yeah. I, I, was eavesdropping. I also have a gift that's in my closet at home. I've prepared it, and I'm ready to give it to her tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. I think it's yeah. going to change her life. Do you have to build it? Producer Heather. Hey. Oh, I'm not part of this Excuse conversation me. still? We're having oh. a private conversation. Okay. Yes, Producer Heather, did you get a gift for Jabo? Her birthday is tomorrow. Um, I did actually uh, get her a gift, yes. What is it? Um, it's. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just... Eh. I don't think she's listening. I didn't hear that part. Can you speak <laughs> up, please? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, camera guy Josh, are you... Wow, so nobody... There was no rule that we had to get J-Bo a gift. You don't gift. have to get me anything. Uh, yes, camera guy Josh? Yeah, no, I've also got the gift ready to go. Is Packaged it, up, wrapped with a bow. What'd you spend on it? What? Um, I spent... I was like, <laughs> no, come on, tell me how much? How many dollars? What? I, I, I don't. I don't want to make anyone look bad because no, I want to make sure that I don't under. Let's just say Mia is now going to a community college. <laughs> okay, That's just okay. had a baby. There's good education <laughs> there. Daughter. Community colleges. Kenny, yeah. How much did you spend? I forgot to ask you. I spent about thirty-five dollars. Get out of here! What's wrong with you? Oh, now I got to get a second gift. What about you, producer Heather? What how is much, going on? How much did you spend on Jabo's gift? Stop. Um, anywhere from one dollar to one thousand dollars. Can you just answer honestly? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like fifteen bucks. I don't know. Fifteen. Okay. I, okay. I, I'll share mine now because yeah. that makes me feel better. Yeah. So I spent twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four, guys. I spent. No, I'm not going to tell you how much I spent no, on the gift. Huh? That's no, rude. Everybody wow. went around. Hey. Hey, Jabo. I'm listening now. How listen, much did you spend on me, TJ? Tomorrow is your birthday. Oh. Uh, and I'm very excited to hand you the gift that I gave you. And I just wanted to make sure everyone else was covered. You because, guys don't need to get me anything. Well, how do you feel that you're so loved? I got some news for you. Everyone's getting you a gift tomorrow. <laughs> no, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you feel? Do you feel loved? I mean, I, I feel loved with time. And time is my love language. I don't, I don't need a gift, but I appreciate whatever's coming my way. I'm going to write this down so I don't forget it. Tomorrow at this time, you're going to open your gifts on the air, okay? Okay. Oh, All that's right. so... On the air? Yep. Let's do it, Jibo. Gift. That is so weird. How about if I don't like something? I have to pretend like I well, like it? We're going to have to figure it out. We're going <laughs> to deal with it tomorrow. So how you feeling that tomorrow's your birthday? Everyone feels differently. I'm trying to figure out what is, okay, better question. What is your expectation from all of us on your birthday tomorrow? Everyone feels differently about their birthday. You want it to be a normal day? Do you want streamers? What do you want? Uh, I want something in the middle. I want it to be, it's not a normal day. Hello, it's my birthday. Good, okay, I'm, good. I'm like God's gift to the world. So no, it's not a normal day. Uh, but also I don't want you to like trip over yourself. Okay. To make my day amazing. Great. But great. just make it amazing. Okay. So let's let's do something <laughs> that's a little bit different than your average day. Because I do agree that people should be celebrated. And especially the people that we love. My wife gives me this speech all the time because I used to be anti-birthday mm -hmm. because I had a dad who I love my dad, but he would walk around and every year I'd say, Hey dad, happy birthday. And he'd say, just another day. Mm. Then he'd get in his truck and he'd go to work. And you know, just so another day. For a lot of years, when people would say, "Hey, what are you doing for your birthday?" It's just another day. Mm. And then my wife had to deprogram me, and I'm glad she did because now I see the value of really truly celebrating one another because we've got so many things not to celebrate. So it's not hard to come up with an excuse when someone you love is having a birthday. Let's make it special. So look, it turns out, Jabo, we're working on it. Okay, all right, y'all work hard then. This is the TJ Show. 
This is the TJ Show. Our news, it sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what is happening in the world on this Wednesday? The Colombian Minister of Culture has said that the president of Colombia would really like officials to, quote, pick up the pace with regards to recovering sunken treasure on the Caribbean seafloor. Uh, President Petro wants the treasure out of the water by the time his presidential term ends in 2026. What kind of treasure are we talking about? We are talking about a Spanish ship that was sunk by the British in 1708. It is estimated that the gold and silver trapped inside is worth close to $20 billion. What? So is he saying it belongs to Colombia? Yeah, that's what twenty the, billion is a lot of money. Twenty billion dollars. See, this is what's so exciting about the ocean floor. Like, what else is down there? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And he's rushing them to get it out before his presidential term is right. up because he probably wants a piece of that. <laughs> right. A couple exactly. of coins are gonna fall right. out. Right. Oh, oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. This has been down there for a while. Colombia has laid claim to it, but they are being sued by U.S. treasure hunters who actually discovered this shipwreck back in 1981. They say they want half of whatever is found. So it's still up in the air what exactly is going to happen once this is brought to the surface, but it's still down there and, and people are fighting over it. But it's it. a Spanish ship off the, in the Caribbean Ocean off the coast of Colombia, so I'm surprised Spain isn't involved because it's technically their ship. Well, yeah, what about that? Did they bring that up? No, I, I don't have any <laughs> word from Spain. But again, this is going back to 1708. So this is when, you know, Europeans were coming to the New World and, and setting up shop here. And obviously there were some tensions, you know, in the Spanish-American War and all that. Well, let Spain know. Spain's probably like, hold on a minute. I've, I've never heard of that. And I didn't realize that this was... So that sounds like a pretty slow treasure grab. Like, that's what, 40-plus years that it's just been there? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to get something from the bottom of the floor, depending on how deep it is, to get it back up to the surface. Listen, I'm no treasure reclaimer, but I'm thinking, okay, you bring down one of those little plastic buckets. You start there. <laughs> fill up one. Come up. Those sand buckets? You want me to yeah. do that forever. Just come up. Do it again. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I think the pressure that deep, you couldn't just scuba dive down no, there. Know. You need some kind of vessel to of course. do it. All right, so figure it out. Like one of those claw machines you see <laughs> yes. in the, like the games. You right, know, you put no, a quarter in. Those things would always drop them. Oh, no. <laughs> That'd be really <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny, what else do you have? In St. Louis, Missouri, two armed robbery suspects failed in their attempt to rob a couple who happened to be on a first date. The suspects forced one of the victims to take them to his car. The plan was to have the victim withdraw money from an ATM machine. Mm. So one suspect got into the driver's seat with the other sitting in the back. The victim was forced to sit in the front passenger seat. However, the suspects did not know how to drive the victim's manual transmission oh, car. Oh, yeah, that'll get you every time. So they just gave up and ran away. Yeah, I have a, a friend. A friend of mine picked me up. And he's got one of those cars, mm -hmm. and he's like, he's got muscles, huge beard, and he's like, rum, 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 rum. and I'm like, seeing him move the controls, I have no idea what he's doing. I just felt so weak and little in his passenger seat. I love seat. how you call the, the, the stick a controller, like yeah. it's a game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did it once, and a bad sound happened. It was on my friend's oh, brother's car. Clutch? 
Yeah, something. It was like, I was like, oh, okay. And they asked me to stop driving it. I would like to know how to do it, though. Kenny, what else do you have? When the restaurant behind her family's house burned down, 12-year-old Shania Gill was inspired. She created a fire detection device that has the ability to detect fires faster than the average smoke detector. How do you do that? Like, do you just get lucky? Does she know something about engineering? I feel like smoke detectors have been around forever. And you would think this like adult scientist would have figured out how to make it faster. How, do, how does she even do that? She, at 12 years old, used two key components, a thermal camera and a small single board computer. So she does have some engineering ability. That's cool. She was able to write code for the single board computer. The computer can tell the difference between a person or a pet recognizing the heat from the thermal camera moving from side to side versus heat moving vertically, which indicates smoke rising. Huh. So instead of detecting smoke or heat through the smoke detector, it's looking at a thermal That's image. Interesting. So before it even gets up to where the smoke detector might be, it's already picking up on it from the ground. Right. Yeah, it's picking up on it a lot faster, and her device will automatically send a text message to the user that's to impressive. let them that know that awesome. it's going on. Yeah, I mean, I need one of those in my house. My wife sometimes, she'll burn a cookie or something, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, here it goes. Get ready for it. The alarm's about to go oh. off, and the dog starts freaking out. The kids are running around with their hands over the ears. I'm hiding under the bed. You Worse than the kids. <laughs> Stop. You know what's so great? When you live in an apartment building and it's like super late at night and you make a little snack and the fire alarm goes off, the smoke detector goes off. That's the best part. The neighbors love you. No. That, That's sarcasm, I've, by the I've way. I've been there, j no, no, I know. Same. We, uh, we try to find who it was. Who doesn't well, know was how to keep their popcorn in the place it's supposed to be. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Well, she earned $25,000 for top prize of the Thermo Fisher Scientific Junior Innovators Challenge. She plans to use the money to further develop her product and then use whatever is left over to donate to charities that help people affected by fires. That's incredible. What a great story. And it's inspiration for anyone who's inspired to make a change. Yeah. And it's really easy for people to forget about the things that have just been forever. Like, oh, fire detectors. We know. They work. But you can make it better. We yeah. can constantly refine. And that's what humanity does. Well, some of us think if it's not broke, why fix it? But she thought that it was broke, so she make, fixed it. Make it better. That's right. Love it. Kenny, what else do you have? The American Heart Association has a meeting in Philadelphia every year. And this year, they discuss the progress they've made testing out drone delivery of defibrillators for patients who have cardiac arrest. You ever have one of those used on you? No, thankfully. What about you, j No, have you? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, one time. I was in a surgery for like this really weird thing. I'm fine. But uh, in the middle of the surgery, part of what they needed to do was like get me awake in the middle of it. Yeah. They used those things on me. And oh, so I remember looking at Clear. all the doctors like, oh, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Boom. And then I go down. <laughs> my eyes open. Hey, what's up, guys? Back to the table. Pretty freaky stuff, but it works. Well, there's a historical difference when it comes to access to these automated external defibrillators or AEDs when it comes to urban areas versus rural areas and also the response time for emergency medical services. And it makes sense. When you're in a rural area, there's 
likely a chance that you're further away from a hospital or an EMS mm. situation. So that's the idea behind this drone delivery. They want to kind of rectify the disparity. Kenny, what else do you have? Four men have been charged in connection with the theft of a solid gold toilet from Winston Churchill's childhood home in the UK. Who has a solid gold toilet? So let me fill you in on this. Remember the viral art installation of the banana duct tape to the wall? Of course, who could forget it? Beautiful art. That was the artist (laughs) Maurizio Catalan. Back in 2016, he created another piece of participatory art, a fully functional toilet made from 18 karat solid gold, in which he called... America. That's what he titled the piece of art. It was considered a pointed social commentary on excessive wealth and greed. The toilet was on display at the Guggenheim Museum until 2019. Then it was moved to a place called Blenheim Palace in the UK. This is where Winston Churchill was born. Oh, okay. And they had an exhibit of all of this artist's work, including the toilet. That's where the thief stole the toilet. They apparently caused a whole bunch of damage because it was a functioning toilet hooked up to the plumbing system. So they flooded the whole area. Can you imagine that call to the plumbing company? Uh, I need a hand (laughs) disconnecting a toilet. How do you undo this pipe? All right, yeah, just come on over. (laughs) The toilet is valued at $5.59 million. Wow. And the four men have been charged with theft, and they are due to appear in court at the end of the month. You know what's hilarious about America? We actually have a golden toilet. (laughs) There is one that exists. Sure. It's it's wild. But I never heard that story. I didn't know that that was an art piece. Yeah, it was an art piece. Like when it was at the Guggenheim Museum, over 100,000 people lined up to use the toilet. You could actually use the toilet. See, this is... (laughs) All those butts on that toilet. (laughs) This is stuff from movies, and here we are. And I'd imagine, how is it still worth over $5 million after it's been used that many times? Well, it's the weight of the gold. (laughs) That's it. Kenny, what else do you have? There was a major banking glitch last week that is still causing a lot of headaches. It has delayed more than 850,000 payments. Oof. Not good. Yeah. Now, in case this affected you, it wasn't your bank's fault. It was the clearinghouse's fault. This is a private company that handles about half of the bank-to-bank transactions in the country. You ever get nervous that our money just keeps getting more and more digital? Does it feel unsettling to you at all, or are we just okay with it? I don't think about it on a day-to-day basis, but when I read articles or I see things where our money might be moving to more digital, it does make me a little nervous. Yeah, I wonder where this all goes and how far, because it's like you'd think in this day in in the world, we wouldn't have an issue like this that would just Mm. be a glitch where almost a million people are affected. Sure, yeah, this is involving what they call ACH payments or automated clearinghouse payments, so kind of wire transfers, but maybe a a newer... Yeah, like when you get your paycheck. Exactly, exactly. I see that as a problem. (laughs) (laughs) J.P. Morgan Chase is reporting that they've been refunding overdraft fees for days because of this Mm. for affected customers who didn't have enough money in their account to pay their bills because of this issue. Something weird happened to me the other day. I was at an ATM and they gave me an extra $500. No. Yeah. I mean, it was a mistake, very clearly a mistake. So I'm like, okay, let me let them know. I go home. And they send me back this whole to-do about how I have to call this number, get involved with this. And I'm like, no. You made the mistake. No, no. No, this is your mistake. And then sure enough, they very quickly figured it out. And before you know it, $500 debit, and they took it back. But that's fine. I mean, these things happen. And we can't fully rely on computers, and there are going to be mistakes, but that's a big one. Kenny, what else do you have? If you have any $2 bills lying around, they could be worth big bucks. Yeah. 
Are they? Because I have a couple. Yeah, you sure they're not worth $2? Because I, I've heard these stories for a lot of years. They get you all excited, but then it's usually the ones from like either the early 1900s or the 1800s. Okay, well, yeah, they are specific bills that they're talking about. $2 bills from 1890 could sell up to $4,500, and uncirculated bills from every year between 1862 and 1917. You got any of those uh, good old 1917 bills? I got to go home and check. I'm going to go home and check. Someone's going to tell me they're they're pretty uh, within the last 50 years. Right. You can get $1,000 for those 1862 to 1917 (laughs) ones. But here, uh, there was a... $2 $2 bill printed in 2003 that recently sold at auction for $2,400. Mm. So this particular bill had a very low serial number for the 2003 series. It was later resold for $4,000, and now there are estimates that say it could be purchased for as much as $6,000. Wow. You know, this is something that... So we used to work in a building that was a bank building, and a friend of mine would go into the bank, and he would cash in 200 bucks, and he'd get a stack of a hundred two dollar bills, <laughs> and I used to buy the two dollar bills off of him, and then I would the the joke that we always had, and I don't know why we did this, but we would go to stores and pay with only two dollar bills, <laughs> and every time you would see the people are like, oh, is this money? You're like, what yeah, is this? this is real. And just for that. I've matured a lot, by the way, over the years. Mm-hmm. Just for that, we would go and then we'd compare stories. But that was in about 2003. So I wonder if some of those bills could have been worth something. Maybe hey, some of those vendors now that we paid, they're having the last laugh, let me tell you. That's right. $2 bills are definitely still in circulation. In 2017, there were $1.2 billion $2 bills in circulation. So it's not exactly rare, but they're definitely uncommon. Kenny, thank you for keeping us somewhat informed. That's what's happening. <laughs> 